Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Over 300 California healthcare workers have died from COVID-19 complications, and nearly 80,000 have tested positive for the virus. KQED's Marco Seiler Gonzalez reports. Healthcare workers are treating more COVID-19 patients than ever in this pandemic. Hospitalizations from the virus are mounting more pressure on an already strained healthcare system. You think we've been overrun in the healthcare system so far? You ain't seen nothing yet. Jean Ross is the president of National Nurses United. She says many nurses are still undersupplied with personal protective equipment, or PPE. Which has to be at the minimum a good N95 and complete coverage of your clothing and shoes and hair. Ross says President-elect Joe Biden needs to provide a robust federal response, like using the Defense Production Act to speed up production of PPE. For the California Report, I'm Marco Siler gonzalez in San Diego. Let's turn to the fight to get more people vaccinated. The LA Unified School District is the second largest school system in the country. Its superintendent, Austin Butner, says he wants to turn its hundreds of campuses into coronavirus vaccination centers. Butner says that would help speed up the vaccination of teachers starting as soon as February. The LAUSD says along with school properties, it can provide more than 500 school nurses trained in giving shots. The state's health department says it welcomes the willingness of all public agencies to aid in vaccination efforts, but it hasn't given a green light yet to the idea. Meanwhile, state health officials are recommending a pause in using one batch of the Moderna coronavirus vaccine because of unexpected adverse reactions in people who got the shot. KQED's Molly Peterson reports. At issue are about 330,000 doses of the vaccine sent to California earlier this month, about 10 percent of the state's total. Because the vaccine is new, people who give it watch recipients for 15 minutes after the dose goes in. At Petco Park in San Diego, six people at a massive drive through clinic needed medical attention in a short period of time, so local officials swapped out the batch that they were using. Counties across the state are pushing to get more doses faster, but some say the setback may further delay vaccinations this week. State officials emphasize that the risk of a serious adverse reaction to the Moderna formula is very small, one out of 100,000 people. They're investigating and hope to have more information soon. For the California Report, I'm Molly Peterson in Los Angeles. 
In November, California voters passed Proposition 22, drafted and backed by Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash. The prop, which became law this month, allows the companies to keep drivers as independent contractors instead of making them employees with guaranteed pay and health insurance. As critics say they predicted would happen, Prop 22 is now having an effect on the state's wider labor market. The country's second largest grocery store chain, Albertsons, is laying off its grocery delivery employees and replacing them with contractors at DoorDash. With a closer look, here's KQED's Sam Harnett. Derek Neal moved back to the Los Angeles area when his mother died last year. Neal is 40, and he's been working ever since he turned 18, mostly retail, Walmart, Home Depot. In Los Angeles, he got a job delivering groceries for Vons, and he really liked it. I have a, a company van that's that has um, compartments where there's one's one's grocery, and then uh, and then you have one that's for chilled produce, and then they have a frozen uh, compartment. So you know it's basically like I'm bringing the store to the customer. The income was a lifeline, especially during COVID. But then a few months ago, he says he got called into a meeting with other delivery employees, and managers told them all that they'd be laid off in a few months. Independent contractors at DoorDash were going to take over their jobs. Not only Am I going to be out of the job? I've been homeless since the 15th of December. His landlord sold his building, and he can't find an affordable place. So he's been living in his car, which he just made the down payment on. He doesn't understand the company's decision. There's tons of work. He says he's doing like 11 or 12 deliveries just in the morning. If I were able to talk to him, I would, I would just ask him, why? What, 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 where... Who, who did the who did the cost analysis on 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 this, and who deemed it you know that oh well, it, it was more cost efficient just to go to independent contractors than the people that we already have that are there day in day out, uh, blood sweat and tears you know going through it. Albertsons will terminate Neil's delivery job on February 27th, along with a number of other non-union delivery employees. The company will not specify how many, but it could be several hundred in California. In a statement, an Albertsons spokesperson wrote, This decision will allow us to compete in the growing home delivery market more effectively, adding that Albertsons Company's divisions plans to offer positions to each impacted associate. The company has no binding legal commitment to offer these new jobs, and it's not clear how these positions would compare to the delivery work that Neil is doing. All of this is exactly what labor advocates warned about with Proposition 22. I am not surprised that this happened this quickly because what the Proposition 22 worker category that was created does is significantly lower labor costs for corporations. Vinu Dubal is a professor of law at UC Hastings. She says logistics and delivery employees are just the first to lose their jobs to the new worker category created by Prop 22. Proposition 22 is essentially a blueprint for how to lower labor standards across the board. Venture capitalists see opportunity. Sean Carolan is a partner at Menlo Ventures. In an article published on The Information, he wrote that there's potential for this new labor category in industries like nursing, executive assistance, tutoring, programming, restaurants, agriculture, and zookeeping. Here's Duval again. 
for those who have been thinking of this as a whole different type of work, as something that would never affect them, um, this is really the time to start paying attention. This model of work is coming for you and your job. Executives at gig companies have long argued that their kind of work is something totally innovative. David Weil is dean of the Heller School for Social Policy and Management at Brandeis University. He says even though this work is through an app, the business strategy is nothing new. It is just a a part of the evolution of the erosion of workplace standards that has happened in lots of different ways. Weil came up with the term fissuring for what's happening to American workplaces. Since the 70s, executives have turned more full-time employee jobs into part-time, temporary, outsourced, and now independent contractor work through gig platforms that don't offer traditional employee benefits. You're using the platform as a way to get out of the obligation of actually treating those workers as your employees. The DoorDash replacement at Albertsons has spurred other grocery delivery workers in California to unionize. I can't tell you how many times I've told people that I feel so lucky to have this job. Lee Littlefield is a delivery employee in the San Francisco Bay Area at Safeway, which is also owned by Albertsons. She and others just unionized with United Food and Commercial Workers International. She says they wrote into the contracts that employees could not have shifts taken by DoorDash. If we didn't have this contract, I imagine that we would have been laid off with everybody else. Derek Neal was not part of a union. So now he's trying to figure out what to do next. He hopes he can find another employee job with some kind of safety net which in America is becoming harder and harder to find. For The California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. As the sun sets on the Trump administration, the U.S. Bureau of Land Management has proposed removing the protected status of millions of acres of desert lands across California. CAP Radio's Ezra David Romero reports. Back in 2016, a coalition of state and federal agencies created a conservation plan with the goal of protecting more than 10 million acres of deserts here. It also helped identify areas where solar and wind projects could be built. President Trump now wants to strip protections away for around 4 million acres, and environmentalists say that could open California's deserts up to mining. They argue a move like this would threaten species like desert tortoises, bighorn sheep, and Joshua trees. They recommend the Biden administration promptly stop this process after he takes office. The California Energy Commission is opposed to the federal amendments, like the ones the Trump administration is proposing, because they could make it harder for the state to meet its climate goals. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero in Sacramento. 
the incoming Biden administration continues to fill its ranks with Californians. The latest is Cindy Martin, the superintendent of the San Diego Unified School District. She's been tapped to be the country's next deputy secretary of education. Here's Martin talking in November about the challenges to public education caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Our nation simply cannot afford a lost generation of learners, nor can we afford an incomplete recovery that leaves communities of color behind, extending 400 years of inequality far into the future. Prior to becoming superintendent of California's second largest school system with 100,000 students, Martin was a teacher, vice principal, and principal. In a letter to San Diego Unified Families, Martin expressed pride about achieving record high graduation rates and reading growth rates during her tenure. Let's turn now to driving. How many of you listening have been pulled over by the police for something like a busted taillight or windshield or some minor traffic violation? Well, if you're already struggling to pay your bills and keep your head above water financially, you might not be able to pay that ticket off right away. And that can have big consequences, says Rebecca Miller, an attorney at the Western Center on Law and Poverty. Once you miss the deadline to pay your initial ticket, as you know, people may have experienced this personally, in California, um, you can have two $300 civil assessments added onto it. So what might start out as you know, $100, $200 ticket can get up to $900 very, very quickly. And a suspended license, Miller says, can lead to lots of other problems that can make life much, much worse. It can impact your ability to work. It can impact your ability to care for your family, to take care of just simple things like going to the grocery store. A number of jobs in California also require you to have a driver's license, and so it can prevent you from having employment. For example, if you're a home health aide, you need to drive to different places for your job. Uber and Lyft drivers have to have a driver's license. There's just so many jobs that require it. Miller is part of the California Back on the Road Coalition. It's a network of public interest groups that advocate for limiting license suspensions to dangerous drivers only and not suspending licenses when people fail to appear in court. We can't have tickets that skyrocket and get out of, out of control for people's financial situation. That's so much more of a disproportional penalty for somebody with a low income. So we need to have fines that are realistic. We need to have ability to pay procedures that um, that bring those fines down to something that people can actually manage and take care of. And Miller says not suspending people's licenses would make it easier for them to maintain income so they can pay off fines. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, January 19th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And Personal Capital offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary, personalcapital.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 